0: Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our Watch Club for the Book of Boba Fett. I don't negotiate with gutless murderers, if that's not the quack they're calling the stiffling slime. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club, For the book of Boba Fett, Chapter 7, the finale, titled In the Name of Honor, directed by Robert Rodriguez. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we all rip through some droids riding on the back of a freaking rancor, let me introduce you to the scum and villainy joining us today. First up, he's a junkyard Jawa who's Jones and more Django. He's Justin Lawrence.
1: Yo yo, what's crackalakin'?
0: lacking. <laughs> what were you saying last week? It was you were like Yo yo, uh, oh, we were saying like Utini. utini yeah, utini, utini, bro. Yo, what's utini. up Utini? Getting dank up in here. <laughs> Uh, speaking of getting dank, joining us from the cantina across the street—sometimes he's saltier than a sarlacc on the sands of Tatooine—he's Kevin, the Clatoonian hater Hudson. I need a back
2: to tank for my head, just because of the headache that this show has caused over the oh last no.
0: seven weeks. I can't oh wait no. to—I can't wait to get into it. Well, we're gonna get into the ups. We're gonna get into the downs. It's gonna be like riding on the back of a, of a freaking rancor. How are we feeling after? this finale i mean kevin your head's hurting you're not feeling great you need to get in that back to time i mean it it wasn't bad i just this episode was a perfect encapsulation of what this
2: whole series was and it's oh. a lot of good mixed in with some really bad and (laughs) all bundled together in something that doesn't quite feel worth it or have a purpose in the end i don't know i don't know okay we'll we'll really get into the details as we break it down
0: i was talking a little bit with i mean i tried we try our best here on the geek centric podcast to not you know fully discuss these things when we're not recording but i did i did briefly chat with justin and i was like I don't know if Kevin, Kevin's either going to be really mad at me for wanting more from this episode, or <laughs> he's going to be on board, and I'm happy to hear you're a little bit more on board with this. Um, Justin, you're you're ready to rock here?
1: Oh, yeah, man. I enjoyed this episode. I think it gives some closure and, and some redemption to some things. So. Oh, yeah.
0: All right, well, let's get into the story here for the last time on this Watch Club. So this finale kicks off the next morning after the bombing of the Sanctuary, where we meet up with Fennec Shand and Boba Fett taking in all the destruction. Mando joins in and informs them that Cobb Vanth and Freetown are on the way, but only if they can shut down the spice trades through Mos Espa and Freetown. Uh, worried about their lack of numbers, Boba Fett decides they should lock down at the palace. You know, uh, the palace, the the big, heavy, reinforced doors palace. But no, you know what? Scad and the, the mod squad kids, they're all like, nah, we gotta stay in this ruined sanctuary instead. And just like that, Boba Fett decides (laughs) that he agrees with them. So is it just me or does this make no sense at all? It's such a dumb plan, especially
2: because the whole idea is that they want to stay there because they don't want to abandon the people of Mos Espa. But none of the people get involved at all they're not victims they're not in any danger really. right in fact there's more danger based because on what happened yes. in this battle yes. and i do think it would have been a way cooler set piece if this was like the they went yes. to the palace and it was a Storming big fortress the that they were fighting from and it just would have worked better for the things that happened in the episode i think
0: it just seemed like a, it was dumb to stand inside of a building with a massive hole in front of it for what for what reason, though? Was it because the palace isn't big enough, or or could they not have filmed it that way? Well, we'll we'll find out why they didn't need much more protection than that going forward. I guess
1: for yeah. sure, uh, but you know, again, he wouldn't have had to have gone to go get his friend if they were at the palace, right? So <laughs> it would have just been there. I, I get it. <laughs> I think the reason the what I saw of it was the idea of solidarity, and trying to set a precedence uh, of the kind of leader that boba fett wants to be he's not going right. to go to his palace and you know hide from from the threat uh he will be here and face it dead on and if they had done the whole fortress mentality i think the pikes would have tried to do something with the town to draw him out anyways mm. so at this point okay he's already out
2: see and now if they had just said that i would have been better sure. with their decision justin <laughs> I,
1: I get what they were trying to do with trying to Create more of a scope, I think, with this whole battle that was taking place.
0: Sure, they wanted to have uh, a wider sort of area to go into, but I mean, you could have gone from the palace to the to the city to the you know. Um, but anyways, uh, next up, we get Cad Bane attending a meeting with the Pike Syndicate leader uh, and Mayor Shays, uh, where we learn that the Pikes are the ones responsible for the death of Boba's Tuscan family and that they framed the Nikto biker gang. The mayor is distraught with the bombing of the sanctuary, saying he's still the mayor uh, and doesn't want to see his city destroyed. Uh, Cad Bane informs them that Fett is holding up inside the ruins of the sanctuary, and he thinks he has a sneaky little idea on how to draw Boba... I love how he says Boba Fett. Boba... Boba Fett. (laughs) He's like Boba Fett. Out. Um so guys we got confirmation here that the pikes all along uh were the ones that killed the Tuscan tribe we kind of we did kind this. Of predicted this right we predicted we this, this right yeah.
1: i wasn't surprised by this i think i think it was just, this was pretty telling and i you know the yeah. fact that the way it was revealed only proves that it was just like a very obvious sort of factor that played into this whole thing but it just
2: <sighs> well and 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 what is the point of framing the biker gang, if you're just going to tell him right away that it wasn't them, that it was, in fact, the the Pike Syndicate. It's kind of like shooting Cobb Van and thinking that's going to deter the people of Freetown, not rally them to go and fight. Like, right. Like, I don't, you guys are Cad Bane fans. He doesn't seem like the brightest bulb. I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> but for sure, he he. I think his his method was to... Again, draw get Boba out. Yeah, when yeah. he when he calls it out later in the later scene. But you know, that being said, it was just ammo for for Cad Bane to use against Boba to kind of infiltrate sort of the emotional side, which we'll get to.
2: And so, was that his little trick that he had up his sleeve? Because I couldn't I think so so I think it was. <laughs> so instead of saying I'll use this to my advantage, he has to say it like he's got something else. Pl- I don't know. Yeah. This is all just
0: a little clunky.
2: Instead Cause of I'm not being gonna, really, I'm not gonna lie, like.
0: Kevin, I was so hyped when he said, I think I've got a plan. I'm like, yeah, Whoa, what is, is the plan? What does that mean? Is he going to like be like, I, I've got your sister locked up or something crazy, right? Like, is something going to happen? And it was just that he was just going to use the information we just heard on screen uh, against him. Um, okay, so, so then we get to the moment that uh, so many people have been waiting for. So many people. The arrival of Luke Skywalker back on Tatooine for the first time since we last had him on Tatooine. I mean, we see his X-Wing fly into Pelly Models Repair Shop with R2 on board. And, you know, as she approaches it, I love how she thinks that it's the New Republic police. And she's like, I got all my paperwork done. It's so, wow, it's crazy how you're here. And I just got all the paperwork done. She climbs the ladder up only to discover it's just Grogu. It's Grogu. The X-wing was piloted by R2, and uh, she picks him up. She comments on his shiny shirt, and she feeds him some dung worms, slimy yet satisfying. So, last week uh, we we thought we might see Luke's return to Tatooine, but alas, where Filoni giveth, Rodriguez and Favreau taketh away. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the reveal of Grogu's decision to return to Djarin uh, and the lack of Luke in this episode, Justin?
1: I have some very mixed feelings about this whole reunion thing. Yeah, um, I like I like the misdirect of seeing the X wing and you think it's Luke, and he just you know sure. takes that away. I, I enjoy that that sort of presentation, but the fact that Grogu's back in this episode, like we we predicted that he might come back last week, and we're like, nah, there's, there's no chance. There's no chance. Like you know that's gonna be a season three Mandalorian thing, and and you right. know again, I think the most compelling part of the end of Mando season two was the separation of Mando and Grogu. And, and that just yeah. feels like it was going to uh, influence season three so much and, and really shift the story to not have those two together. However, as we now know, everything will be as is when we get into season three, <laughs> which is pretty much, this is the way, right? Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty I mean, much I, it.
0: I think that, I think Din Djarin... Um... Experienced some some character growth, uh, in a show called Boba Fett. I think he he had the the character growth that maybe we would have wanted more for our, our main characters. But he it's it's that is going to affect him. I think the the idea of the Jedi Academy. I think the idea of am I holding this kid back? Uh, and is could he be so much more if he wasn't. If he didn't come back to me, sure. did he make a mistake? I think we can sort of see that struggle sort of carry through into the, the next season. But I agree with you. I think I think this it was a bitter it's it's hard to say how you feel because you want it to happen, but you don't want it to happen at the same time. There's a few moments like that in this episode for sure.
2: Yeah, I think I think I'll reserve most of my thoughts on this for a little bit later in the episode because they all kind yeah. of tie in and it all it all relates to itself. So I'll, I'll wait a, just a bit.
0: I just want to shout out Peli Motto when she meets Grogu. I do kind of she okay redeemed. I, she's she's been completely redeemed. redeemed. She's been completely redeemed. She in this her in this episode, and we'll talk about it more later. But she's she's great, and I'm I'm really digging her character now. And and to see her meet Grogu with with such celebration and kindness and love, you know, I don't think most people would and like luke luke had to be pretty disappointed with him right like a- after he made the decision to leave and like you can almost imagine like imagine the most awkward uber ride of your life where you've got <laughs> r2d2 the best friend of luke driving you to tatooine and you just told his master that you don't want to attend his his fancy you boy fucked school up, dude you right? fucked up dude's like, like just gonna be like you know what don't even talk to me like what the so I just feel like that would have been an awful ride for little Grogu. Uh, but hopefully he doesn't fully understand what's going on. Um, okay. So then we see Fennec talking about how they got in, uh, got this. They got this in the bag, dude. They don't need to worry about anything because all the other factions are going to be cool. They're not going to side with the Pikes. They already said they wouldn't. So why would they? Uh, and we got the Gamorian Guard stationed at the Starport. Kersantan's over there in the Trandoshan territory, keeping tabs on the municipality in front of the, the city hall and then drash and skad yeah uh, are there with the other mods keeping an eye uh, a digital eye uh, on the the workers district and the aquilish quarter Nobody can sneak up on them, she says. It's impossible. And then, out of nowhere, Cad Bane sneaks up on them, and Boba Fett heads out to have a chat with him. Uh, We see the two discuss terms, and after Bane reveals that not only is Freetown not coming after his recent visit with Marshall Vanth, but that the Pike Syndicate was the one responsible for the massacre of his Tuscan Tuscan family. Now, we almost get yet another Old West showdown here, uh, which seems to be, guys, it seems to be the only way that. Bane, Cad Bane, can do anything. Is in an in an old west showdown. He like needs that's... you in a deserted street, standing <laughs> yes. right in the middle. That's it. Fingers dangling at the waist. Like if we put him in, in a moment where he's you know traditionally with Star Wars like on a uh, a skyscraper you know tall platform with no handrails he wouldn't know what to do with himself but in a <laughs> desert this is this is his thing so uh, <laughs> so we we kind of get this moment where you know Bob is about to embrace it and about to fall into this all his his words his nasty words but Fennec reins him in telling him he's going to get his moment mm. and he backs down and says negotiations are terminated. And then, out of nowhere, Drash reaches them over the comm link and tells them that something is about to go down, and all at once, all the districts betray them, and we see the Mod Squad, Kersantan, and the death of the Gamorian Guards. Guys, before we continue, and you're okay if you want to go back and talk about the stuff with Cadme and Bubba, but guys... The Gamorrean guards killed off just like that. Are you kidding me? So loyal, so devoted. That was an audible no.
2: (laughs) right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that
1: was that was purposeful because again, this is the Game of Thrones aspect that kind of lends itself. It's this sort of, you know, we knew it was going to happen. There was going to be a betrayal. We didn't. I don't know if I necessarily thought all three crime families were going to. But it was very likely that they were, and you know, this is where it kind of takes that in the Gomorian guards being the sacrifice that exemplified this sort of loss that that comes from from this betrayal. But just one note uh, about Fennec Shan's advice to to Boba, right? And you, you know, the emotions, emotions too high. I just yeah. thought that was very Jedi esque of her to kind of mm. call out the you know very similar. So um, who knows? Maybe the Force is having an effect on her.
2: I mean, the way she shoots, maybe. Oh, maybe. Uh, finally, uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this that scene uh, was very much Order sixty six meets
0: uh, uh, three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> very much. And like, I just these two pigmen, right? Like, you send them over the cliff. Like, if squealing we didn't need a reason to their death, they're squealing to their deaths, and like as if we didn't need a reason to hate Clutonians even more um i just they're the original they're the original guards from return of the jedi and it was very upsetting it was very upsetting also um i think it's crazy how last week i was like there's no way they do another old west showdown this soon right. <laughs> after we just got it and we pretty much got two we got two episode, yeah, right? we got two yeah um unreal unreal but okay i think, I think so, just going yeah. with that
1: i think that that adds to the mystique of the character for pe- for people that don't necessarily know the character because sure. think about the stuff that we've seen in the animated series of cad Bain and how agile yeah. he is and how resourceful and how quick he is that you know obviously doing that in live action especially in this sort of close quarters storytelling just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't really work but it would have been nice to see a little bit more of of that sort of spryness but i mean i think yeah. boba does call He's it old. out
2: he says you're old now you're yeah. an old yeah. man you
0: know i'm you old and you're even older right so yeah. mm. Well, then, uh, Boba instructs Fennec to take out the leader of the Pike Syndicate, uh, and she, she flies off and disappears and for forty five minutes. Yep, for forty five <laughs> minutes. Sure, yeah, great decision. Uh, but but to be fair, she does get that badass moment where she rescues the Mod Squad right and she she gets a thank you right yeah and she's like oh manners nice i I like that moment i thought that was really well done yeah um and then back at the sanctuary one of the pike syndicate leaders along with a small army it seems has shown up and boba and mando have a conversation about the fact that mando should leave uh but he's all ride or die and he says no matter where you are whether it's a quarter mile away or half away across the world you'll always be family That's actually a quote from uh, the Fast and the Furious. He just says, (laughs) "He says this is the way." And uh, as soon as they're about to head out, the mayor's major domo says he can help them negotiate. So Boba writes uh, his terms on a tablet, which I've never seen a tablet like. This looks like an old thing that you would use at a garage sale to like type up receipts or something. Like I've never seen a tablet like this. Uh, But anyways. He he you know we get him to go out there and he nervously reveals that Daimyo Fett is unwilling to do anything and uh, he gets a blaster pointed at him and just as he's about to get shot boom out of nowhere we get jetpacks we get knee rockets we get whistling birds so guys what did you think of this epic Avengers one style team up between Mando and Boba Fett
1: very it continues those those western Styles, but it's also very sci-fi esque, if you will. Um, totally, but it has yeah. like a desperado vibe to it. It just feels like mm. you know two brothers back to back, you know, gunslinging, taking it, taking down their threat. It just it continued with that sort of cowboy western vibe, and I, I really do love how this series has kind of stuck with that throughout throughout all seven episodes.
2: Uh, but definitely getting some Avengers vibes there. They're going. Backpack to backpack, spinning right, around the spinning around. camera, uh, yeah. and then you get not only Avengers camera work, but the, uh, I know earlier in his career, um, Rodriguez liked to do a lot of spinning cameras with people shooting and whatnot. So you you knew that was that was his money shot, probably, and and this is easily the the most badass we've seen Boba. In yes. the series up to now. And we get it throughout the rest of the episode as well. And so it's it's like they made you wait seven episodes to finally sure. see it. And and if that was their intention, never mind some stuff in the middle that we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, if that was their intention to sort of make us wait until this finale, it was worth the wait. Because it was a really wicked scene. And, and them teaming up and working together and having each other's backs is definitely
0: an awesome moment. And and when we talk about good Rodriguez Star Wars, this is what we want. Right, this is the kind of badass stuff that we like to see infused, and and maybe a little less of spy kids. But um, I literally wrote in my notes, jetpacks. We got jetpacks. I was just so stoked seeing Bobo run out, and then he does like this like knee kick thing. He like lifts his one leg in the air and shoots a rocket out of his knee. Like it was so dope. We see we see them back to back, and we literally get a moment where um, where they they're both they both shoot. The same guy in the head at the same time. <laughs> it was like unbelievable. Uh, it just reminded me seeing them fly around, it reminded me so much of like the the Mandalorians in season two of The Mandalorian, or um, like even stuff with from Clone Wars, right? And I just thought it was it was so well done. I also thought that uh, Kersanton was very much dead here, um, but then we learned that he's going to get a sedzi bubble bath later, so it's all good. Um, okay, so, <laughs> we, you know, everything seemed lost for our, our two helmeted heroes uh, when all of a sudden the people of Freetown, all traveling in a single large speeder, in you know, <laughs> just one, uh, they zoom in to come to their aid. Uh, and, then, and then on the slowest vehicles in all of Star Wars, the mod squad arrive and uh, tossing and blasting pikes all around. We get BK limping to the finish line. And uh, just when you thought, you know, they won, Three massive scorpionek droids, that's what they're called according to Peli Motto, uh, with active shields, very much like the droidicas in Phantom Menace, crawl in and start wrecking shop. Uh, yeah. Well, Kevin. I mean, first of
2: all, was there three? Because it looked like there was three, but then we only ever saw two, and they only ever destroyed two in the episode. So that was really confusing to me that... You know, It was like, why did they make it look like there were three, but then we only focus on two for the rest of oh, the episode. Yeah. So that, I totally that,
0: thought there was three. Yeah,
2: right? We yeah. asked ourselves the same thing watching the episode. And then, just to really catch you here, you say they wreck shop. These things do absolutely nothing <laughs> for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> I mean, they wreck the shop. They, they, they literally the wreck a shop or two, sure. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: I love the sort of, uh, you know, two tower vibe of of Freetown coming in to to save the day uh, and work mm. with with uh, with the team and, and it kind of continues this sort of theme of of armor and and putting a barrier and protecting those behind you and it, it's really interesting in the scene where we kind of see the sort of the fruits of what this series has kind of been about where he's built a tribe he's built a group of people that he can look out for for him and that they will look out for him as well and I think that, that 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 running theme is is really owned here as as they stand behind this this uh large speeder uh you know taking on this and you know you even see Boba go out and save Crescentan and I think that that's yeah. you know that was huge. putting himself in that so uh, there's just there's some really cool thematic elements that play out that kind of tie back to the story
0: yeah and i think i i want to you know the callback to to Droidicas and phantom menace i thought was was fun um they they do a lot of callbacks throughout this series to a lot of the prequel stuff obviously and i just a big part of it though was like wait all of freetown fits in a, in a car <laughs> like all well, the people but remember
1: he said anyone able to fight
0: able to fight okay yeah. all right, right? like fair. people
1: that are if, that are able
2: I mean yeah. this vehicle is kind of cool because it's like a throwback to the the old uh, skiffs that we saw in return of the oh, Jedi true. yeah right yeah. and I mean we've never really like anytime we've seen Freetown it hasn't looked that big I've always thought watching this season going okay so they're gonna get what the 12 people that live in this little <laughs> Outpost in the middle of the desert, it's kind of like, uh, there's a little town by Aurora where we live called uh, Snowball Corners, population of 75, <laughs> that would be like getting them for this big battle to come in, Great. you know? like, they could literally all drive in one truck on over to the to the big event, but, no, uh, no sure. I mean, this was, we saw that coming, certainly, but it was still a cool moment, and uh, there's a bit of misdirection in their arrival, that I kind of like how it plays
0: out uh, towards the end of the episode, uh, which we'll obviously talk about then. Totally. And I do think that the the aspect of them having those, those shields on them, it's a very sort of easy way for them to say, okay, we've got these imposing enemies that you can't hit with a blaster. You, you know, we can't even get a dark saber in there. Um, so obviously they needed to find some more creative methods, uh, which we will obviously chat about um and so that's kind of what happens boba gets everyone else to they get them all to run and he says he asks mando to distract them for a spell and he jets off um and so nothing is penetrating their shields and then out of nowhere peli rolls in with a little surprise completely i love how she's so oblivious she's like i can't hear you (laughs) it's like yeah there's a freaking droid massive droid do you not see it and I love how she screams and they they turn around and uh, you know uh, Mando hitches a ride on the back and then during all this chaos she's like yo I brought I brought your little boy and then uh, and then Grogu is revealed under the blanket and Mando's taken aback and he's at a loss for words and. We get the moment that we've been waiting for since the season two finale of the Mandalorian. And we see Grogu leap into Mando's arms using his new jumping ability. And then he gives him a big hug. And I'm not crying. Are you crying? Just, I don't know. I was, I was, I was like, I was tearing up. But at the same time, I was kind of like, yo, can everyone just stop fighting for a second? Like, just, just give these two a moment, please.
2: I don't know. I don't know. if Something felt off about it. It's the moment we've all wanted. But right. it hasn't been so long that, you know... It's earned. It, that it wasn't I earned. Guess, yeah. yeah, it was... It was this was not is, earned. Like, this is where all the, the stuff that's happened over the last two episodes that took away from telling a Boba Fett story and took, yeah. you know, we have a season three of this show coming out. Now I wish Mando was just not in this season at all. None of that oh, was yeah. in this season, and that was all saved and spread out over season three of The Mandalorian instead of being shoehorned in here because that moment was great. It was great. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. There were audible ahs in our room as he jumped yeah. into his arms. It was great. But I think it could have been so much better rather like, than being rushed at the at the bookend of a show that wasn't exactly. supposed to be about these characters.
0: Like yeah. a quieter scene, right? We Imagine we see Mando. He takes his helmet off, which he rarely does, and he starts to tear up. And then just embraces oh, wow. the little guy like I it, it, this just felt so much more anticlimactic and everything was so hectic around them. And he's like, he just puts them down for a second. I, was, I don't know. I just I wanted it felt very to shoehorned in. It did. It did. Yeah. And I,
1: I think this is probably one of the the things that, again, to Kevin's point, proves that adding Mando's story to help set up season three didn't really benefit the book of Boba Fett. It only really only benefits absolutely his his future season and it's just so apparent. But I, I'm gonna bring something up later that I think thematically does kind of tie it together. But I agree okay. with you. I think it's I think it's a little rushed and I would have liked if if we could have saved this for something that could have been more climactic. Like we could have felt it yeah. a bit more and enjoyed yeah.
2: it. Yeah like I'm worried that not only did it overtake the, the story of Boba Fett in this show but what, how can they top what they've done with these two characters in the last three episodes in season three of the Mando? How do you get better than seeing Luke in his prime training a new Jedi? How do you like I just I, I'm wondering how what they have in store for season three that they thought we'll tell this whole season's worth of a story in two and a half episodes on somebody else's show. Because our season yeah. three is just going to be that
0: good. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I I totally agree with you. This and I'll get to like fully later on, but like this episode starting, it started to sort of make me feel a little bit okay with Star Wars the show, and 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 even though it's not called Star Wars the show, but um, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So the Scorpionec droids they blast the cart forward, and it flies forward, and everyone's in the air. Everything's about to go down. Mando uses his jetpack to propel forward, catch Grogu in midair. And then Pelimato just eats dirt and then spits out a tooth, which again <laughs> I just can't stress how much they nailed her character in this episode. Like she she loses the tooth and then think, gets right back up, like thinks nothing of it. Like she doesn't even get, acknowledge the fact that she doesn't have a tooth anymore. Um, okay, so then the, the droid uh, is bearing down on them, and you know they they're they're really getting it, and and. We, we get yet another incredible fan service moment um, where we hear it. We hear the, the roar. And Boba Fett comes riding in on that Rancor, baby! And it moves faster than we've ever seen one of its size move before. And smashing down buildings. And, and and completely, like, smashing down on the droid's shield. Which allows Mando to disable the shields. He falls off. And just as he's about to get stomped by the droid, Grogu, he does his little waddle walk. And he, he walks out and he he rips a bolt. Causing the droid to stumble. Allowing Mando to escape. And the Rancor to finish the job. So... Guys, what did you think of the Rancor in this episode? Was it everything you dreamed it would be?
2: Before I get into that, how quickly do Rancor monsters grow? Grow? It right? <laughs> went from a baby to a full size in two Jeez. episodes, two or three episodes, <laughs> like. And I mean, are we supposed to think maybe more time than we realize has passed and that's why we were off planet with different characters doing different things or is I don't it just know. they they really Danny Trejo was in that uh, Rancor Pit feeding yeah. the hell out of feeding this thing. Feeding so, yeah, so much. <laughs> it's bulk time, buddy. Let's But
1: go. he was pretty big. He was pretty big yeah. when he got there. I feel like he could have ridden he at that point. Than He was much bigger in this one. He was definitely way bigger. Times but... the
0: size. Yeah, yeah. They grow fast. They must grow really fast. I don't know. Who knows what the growing rate is. I just think... I will say, like, it, it was way more than I thought we'd get of, of this Rancor. I thought it was going to be one single set piece moment. I didn't think we were going to get him involved in the episode as much as we did and honestly the cgi was was great like in a show that we we really love how much they focus on practical effects for them to really pull out the cgi and 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 nail it with with this giant creature i thought it was i thought it was really yeah, it cool. looked great and um i want to just shout out the moment where the rancor literally lifts up a pike <laughs> and then boba shoots it and then the Rancor tosses it backwards, like how Luke tosses his lightsaber. Like it was just so fantastic. And we hear the Wilhelm scream there and everything. Like
2: I mean, I will moment. just say over the last twenty minutes of this episode, the thing that's bothering me is they would have been better off rolling in like three or four droid than having these two big, useless things that are either <laughs> shooting above or below people. They don't hit a single character you know yeah. between the pike army and and these big 30 foot tall droids they kill like two people yeah they're useless yeah, there's a bit, of, know, plot
0: there's a bit yeah, of plot armor. Oh, there's armor. a ton of plot armor, and I'm yeah. fine
2: with it when that plot armor's on the Rancor. I believe a creature like that would be able to take some shots and get back right. up, and, um, and obviously we want that to happen. We don't want to see this guy get gunned down in his first appearance. Oh, no, totally. So, yeah. But it was just driving me crazy that these things kept missing all of the, the characters, and not even yeah. just our main characters, but I mean, even ancillary ones. That's in true Star a, Wars a fashion, A few Freetown yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, going to say, maybe, it, they were, maybe they were programmed by uh, Stormtroopers, right. specifically. And now I will, before we move, on i will say that not only does boba go back for the rancor he also grabs something else oh. that i instantly noticed that okay. he was sort of bringing with him and i thought okay this is going to play into our finale of the, the i didn't somehow. notice it it
0: mattered but yeah okay we'll, we'll we'll get to that for sure um meanwhile they make a run for it and PeliMato almost shoots the mayor's major domo but instead she hits on him uh calling him pretty face uh she <laughs> seems to really like Dig in like with the different species. Eh? She's like, the Shatner
2: of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> the Shatner of the Star. Wars. I love it. I love it. And again, like just adding to her
0: character even more. I'm totally on board with Pelimoto now. Let's go. Uh, Boba gets knocked off the rancor as Cad Bane shows up and scares it away with a flamethrower. Which like you just flamethrower uh, and that's it. He's gone. Okay. Um, and then we get it. We get the third Old West showdown this season, this past two episodes, as we see Boba and Cad Bane face off. Boba gives him a chance to clear off, but Cad Bane doesn't understand what Boba is doing, trying to lead the city. Mm -hmm. Boba says he's not a little boy anymore, and Cad Bane says he's still faster than him. They both draw, and Cad Bane shoots first and knocks Boba on his ass, just like he's done many times before. Apparently, yeah. uh, he calls him a killer, and uh, this calls back to their—you know—he calls back to their their history together. And just as he's about to end him, Boba turns and knocks Bane's gun out of his hand with his trusty. Gaffy stick, yeah. he gets the upper hand on him, knocks him down, and Cad Bane says, "I knew you were a killer," and makes one more attempt to use his flamethrower, but Boba knocks his arm away and stabs him in the chest, finally killing his long-time rival. So, guys, what did you think of this final showdown? Do you think we've seen the last of Cad Bane, Justin?
1: Oh man, I really hope not, but I think it. I think this is it, and and it's kind of bittersweet. You were you were referencing it before because like this was the perfect way to send this character off with at the hands of boba fett uh you know because cad bane represents boba fett's past and you know
0: he's the joker to to boba fett's batman right exactly but he's also
1: his mentor right he is his mentor he was the one that trained him right so you know and and basically you know the past that he lived is the past that boba fett chose and it wasn't until he met the Tuscans that we, you know, we really saw he saw the benefits of, of having a tribe and, and looking after and having people. Mm. Um, so you know, having Cad Bane call out the fact that Boba's weakness is is looking out for others feels like his past reminding him that he's always a killer, right? So such yeah. a poetic response for That's him cool. to to take really good the gaffy stick and and you know, basically his new life overtaking his past life by by stopping Cad Bane. Um, I, I just think this scene shows that, you know, there's, there's still a darkness in Boba as much as he's trying to be a good person. And I think he's trying to do right and, you know, be, lead with respect, you know, he'll always be a killer. And I think that, you know, given that that's. Cad Bane's last words, it's just a reminder that you can never tame the beast, right? Very similar to how we see later the Rancor just kind of tear up Mos Espa. Like, he you can't tame the beast. Totally. There's always the darkness in, right? So I
2: mean, I don't know, though. It's not random violence we see here. It's not random killing or killing for money. This is kill or be killed. And so he has no choice but to kill Cad Bane or he, he's going to be killed. But, like, as I was watching this, i I, I thought about fans like you guys who are so much more invested in the character. Because I know Mm -hmm. from my perspective, it was I was a little disappointed if this really (laughs) is the end because it's like I'm just getting to know this guy and he's really, really cool. And now he's already gone. All he did was shoot some random dude in the stomach a few times, take one bad shot at a character we actually care about, and then do very little else. You know, like it's it was just but we, but how if if we had looked over and the gaffy stick was on the ground and he was gone, I would have rather a definitive answer there sure. rather than the idea that we're left like there's no way Boba just stabbed him thing. and then just walked away. Kevin, he's got a chest away. thing
0: that's bleak beeping
2: yeah, on his chest. But <laughs> you mean, don't just walk away. Yeah.
0: You know, but so were you guys disappointed in that finish for him if it is the end? For me, I will just quickly chime in. I, I think it was – you're right, Justin. It's the best way the character could end, which is the hands of Boba Fett, but also I don't want it to happen now. Because we just I got just, the light I, action. Because he just, he just showed up, and he's so incredibly cool, and they did such a good job bringing this animated character in like they've done with Ahsoka. And I just think it's 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 just – I, I
2: well, imagine I mean, they again, bring Ahsoka in and she's dead
1: in
0: two episodes. No, she's
1: her own,
2: her own bloody show, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. like,
0: this just seems unfair to a, a character I, of this magnitude. I think, yeah. And I don't get me wrong. Again, Justin and I had a quick combo, and and he was saying maybe prequel content, maybe Bad yeah. Batch, Kenobi, Andor. There's a lot of places we could still see. I mean, obviously, not the live action version in, in Bad Batch, but but at least Kenobi and Andor, we might be able to get this live action.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I believe so. I think yeah. that's where if yeah. he's going to show up, then he'll show up in, in like prequel content.
0: Yeah, but if you want to explore the character more again, and and Kevin, you you kind of said this in the last episode, like if 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 Mandalorian season one wasn't enough to get people to go back and watch Clone Wars and 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 Rebels and Bad Batch, which I totally think it was, then this episode. Uh, or these last two episodes really should be with with Cad Bane, but um, mm-hmm. we get back to the action and the Rancors going all King Kong on their asses and they start blasting at it. And Mando tells them, you know, stop! Like, don't. He's he's just an animal. Don't shoot him. And uh, then he hands Grogu the little knobball thingy, which is so cute. Uh, And he tries to apprehend the beast his way, which totally doesn't work. And we learn that Beskar is stronger than Rancor's teeth, so that's good to know. Uh, And then just (laughs) as all hope is lost, Grogu does his little waddle walk again. And he walks his way out in front of the Rancor and uses the Force. And I think this is maybe a new power added to Star Wars lore, Force Sleep where he, he forces, he uses his force sleep on the beast, and then he snuggles up and takes a cute little nap with the Rancor, which I can't wait to be a Funko Pop, and I'll buy that one, um, but uh, guys, you know, when we initially watched The Last Jedi and Leia using the Force to fly through space, you know, there was a very loud, and, and I think, personally annoying section of the fandom that really hated it. That's not how the Force works. And uh, and now we have Force Sleep. What do you guys think of this new Force ability uh, from the Galaxy's I actually, cutest I Mandalorian? I actually don't think it's a new um, ability. We saw
2: Qui-Gon use it on Jar Jar. Uh, oh really? I believe so. That's that's just what I'm I'm getting from Wikipedia. I'm not even going to claim that I'm pulling this out of my my <laughs> vast knowledge knowledge yeah. base because it's not there. So I went to this the the source. They also say Kylo Ren demonstrated uh, a similar power to induce sleep or render a person unconscious with Ray. And that Mace, oh, Windu, okay. w- Mace Windu also did so with uh, Racco Hardeen, whoever the
1: hell that is. <laughs> I like how you said Mace Window because he fell out of a window. <laughs> he fell out of a window. <laughs> um, okay.
0: I mean, I, I guess if they if they have done it before, then the hardcore Star Wars fans that normally would be upset about this kind of thing, maybe they, they aren't upset. Well,
1: I, I also, because I, I, I would like to suspend my disbelief and think that we haven't explored all of the possibilities of what the right. Force could do. Absolutely. Right? And... Introducing something new, sure, it, you know, it, it can be a very easy blanket. Oh, well, the force, you know, you, you can use the force, right. right? Yes. But at the same time, where it's being used, you know, if you can force heal, I can imagine that, you know, you could sort of force. Mind control, which is like what I think he's doing more so than putting he's it to just sleep. Yeah, right. yeah, he's, yeah, just he's calming them. Yeah. yeah, these
0: are a different version of these are not the droids you're looking exactly. for. I guess. Exactly. you are very sleepy now. You're yeah. very <laughs> sleepy. Go to, go to bed. This is not the
2: city you want to attack.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I agree with you, Justin. Like, I don't want them to introduce force stuff or or, or bring back force stuff uh, from previous iterations of it to to only get them out of these troubles to add that plot armor. Sure. But at the same time, yeah, dude, like it, it's it can be such a diverse thing. And I think especially as we start to see more non-human characters wielding it in live action, um, I think this is a much better way to challenge the expectations of what Star Wars is doing rather than adding colored mopeds, in my opinion. Um, I won't stop bringing them up. So just before we get to the end of the episode, we cut back to see all the crime lords in, uh, you know, they're kind of, they're airing their grievances with the Pike leader as they await the Pike forces to disembark. And then from outside, they hear two swift blaster shots, and they start to panic. And then all immediately, pretty much all of them get shot. And then the mayor gets freaking hung, dude. He gets he gets hung by his neck. He's got a big neck, but still. Uh, and then the pike leader uh, gets you know you see him standing there. He's, he gets knifed. Doesn't he it? gets knifed. He gets he gets shanked. Yeah. Fennec Shank comes in and shanks him <laughs> right in the back, and we get. I think, personally, one of the most badass scenes in this entire Finally. series. What did you guys think of this very fitting end for these crime lords?
1: Again, another one of those Games of Thrones yes. tropes. We know? wanted it earlier, though. We wanted like we it wanted earlier. It they were... And also, <laughs> right. it's crazy, though. Like, Kevin, you called it out. This is the most badass that we've seen Boba Fett in seven episodes. And this is the most badass we've seen in And so, yeah. yeah, this was cool. And hopefully if there is a season two, we might be able to explore more of her.
0: I do think we're going to see more of her in live action, but I also think we're definitely going to see more of her Bad Batch, uh, in Bad for Batch, Batch for sure. For sure. Mm. And I, I also want to just shout out like, when we were talking about the aspect of, like, a Game of Thrones moment where he could have dropped them all into the Rancor pit, and I was like, no, maybe that's a little too violent for Star Wars. Maybe Star Wars won't get that violent. And then we literally get her hanging the mare by his neck and his feet dangling on screen. Next
2: snap, like... snap sound at all. <laughs>
0: like, like this you is, know, like, damn. It's, <laughs> it just it brought me back to a very specific moment of Clone Wars. And again, this is full spoilers for all of Star Wars, but there's a moment where we get to see Ahsoka... Beheading defected Mandalorians in Clone Wars, and like literally, you see the zwoon of the blades, and the heads fall down and roll. And I'm like, "That's an animated show. Wait a minute, this is Star Wars. Gets violent sometimes." I mean, we saw that with Dooku. Yeah, yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: heads popping off all over the place. But I just, it's just funny how like Star Wars sometimes, where you're like, "I want them to be more, more adult, more adult," and then it's like, "Oh, that was really violent. Oh, jeez." Um, and I think that's also I don't know if that's maybe a Robert Rodriguez thing, because I know his a lot of his, you know, f- stuff that he makes is well, besides Spy Kids is kind of a little more on the violent side. So maybe that was a, a decision there. But Boba and Fennec are walking around town and all the townsfolk are thanking. They're like, thank you, Lord. Fett Thank you, Bo- Boba. You're the best. And and Fennec, uh, you know, him and the, they're talking and he they start to ponder the question. They're like, what if we aren't? suited for this life and then fennec's like then who is and then we see boba and he tosses a melu run fruit to Kersantin, uh and the mod squad where they all <laughs> kind of they still have their awful colored annoying mopeds and they all have a good laugh ha <laughs> and then the camera flies up into space and we see Mando in his Naboo Starfighter and Grogu. And the show really just kind of ends uh, with the most important character in this show. But um, <laughs> we get we get this really cute moment of Grogu. He's, he's in his little Grogu pod and he's tapping on the glass and then he taps on the glass a little more and then he's telling dad, go faster, dad, go faster. And then Mando's like, all right but this is the last time and then the two speed off and grogu is laughing with glee as his little ears flap in somehow wind inside of a spaceship in g-force g-force that's how it works g-force okay don't worry g-force all right perfect so guys before we get to the end credit scene what did you think of the ending of this show yeah this episode
1: i think the only takeaway for me was noticing that you know fennec really does kind of start to see what Boba is, is trying to do. He, she recognizes that ruling with respect will still get results. It's not just about ruling with fear. All these people are, they know that Boba has their back and they have Boba's back. And I think that respect will kind of in the long run prove to be more fruitful for a leadership uh, beyond just, you know, wielding fear, right?
0: Right. Yeah, like, like maybe, the, she, maybe they were kind of insinuating that it's not so much that they're not fit to run Mos Espa, they're not fit to run it alone. Right. If they work with the crew that they've built, then that's that's who is supposed to be. Well, she says fit, we. Right? Uh, like, uh, yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know. I don't know, know. I, 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 don't know. I, like what they were saying. I don't see them sticking around there personally. I mean, yeah. I think I think all that. I mean, the scene. Yes, it's a bit cheesy, but I think it does serve its purpose to sort of wrap up this chapter in the book yes. of Boba Fett. In the sense that I think those two characters are going to go in a separate direction. It does kind of render this whole show useless where Boba's trying so hard the whole episode to change who he is and to be a better person and to become a leader and a guider, for, you know, and to guide this this city to better times. And then it's instantly like five minutes into power. He's like, nah, this is boring. <laughs> He's like, my arm My arm, be, I don't my want arm hurts. Fruit on the street. Yeah. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> right. And I, I just. Yeah, there was there was a certain aspect to it where that sort of whole exchange was a little bit confusing and and I just think the ending was kind of just there like it it didn't get me excited for what's to come at all. We didn't have any cliffhangers. We'll talk about the end credit scene, but it's just they all just sort of stood there and laughed and the Wookiee roared, which I know sounds like I'm describing the ending to A New Hope, but that was when Lucasfilm wasn't sure they'd be making more Star Wars. And this is where we know they definitely are making more with these characters. So to give us sort of just this like, and they all lived happily ever after feeling. And like, maybe, maybe we get that, uh, that weak way from Freetown. Is gonna take over uh Moss or sorry, free take over Freetown. And then let's get to this this final sequence here. For the final sequence, we slowly move in on the back to tank, and in it we see Cobb Vanth healed up. Uh and who's standing over him, you might ask? Oh my gosh. Well listen, listen here, Star Wars fans. <laughs> it wasn't Kira and it wasn't Han Solo, and it wasn't Darth Maul or Thrawn. No, 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 no. It was Thundercat himself, Stephen Bruner, the mod master. Were you guys just blown away by this or what? Like, wow, like, what? Like that's just, I mean, that scene think, was
2: definitely more to show that Cobb Banth was alive I rather guess. than to, to pimp <laughs> up the mod master. I
1: and I, I honestly <laughs> thought it would have been interesting if, if Cad Bane was in it. But it did right. wouldn't have made sense, I guess, too, because it he killed have him. And, no. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: Or or would it have that again, like you said, Justin, he's he's become he shows that he's still got that monster. He's still a killer inside of him. Would it have shown the side of Boba Fett that says, actually, I still think we could fix this relationship? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just I think we all got a little mephistoed here with expectations of, of Kira and right and kind of her her sure. coming into yeah. this. I think the music In the theme song that you hear, right, we get that sort of theme from uh, what do they call the unjust and Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn. We get the Crimson Dawn theme song that that comes in. And it just again, it's just one of those things where it's like, yes, I completely understand that fans are going to take stuff and run. But then don't 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 put that little hint in there. Right? Like mm-hmm. is it they just didn't notice? Maybe they were too busy doing the directing and the writing. Maybe it's they a didn't coincidence the whole theme. Song. Half the time Maybe some of these things are
1: usually half the time, usually some of these things are coincidences.
2: This is all just ninety-nine percent fan speculation and fan fans wanting something that the show never necessarily said was gonna be sure. there. And I and I think there was enough in the last couple episodes. There was enough fan service and surprise appearances oh, and whatnot that I don't yeah, think yeah. they needed to, but It did sort of after those last two episodes for this to sort of be how this, if it's just the first chapter, uh, for it to all end with this to sort of be like, oh, well, Cobb's okay. That's nice. But what is the future direction of this show?
0: Yeah. And so this is where, I mean, we've already talked about this in our previous episodes, but I kind of want to get to like the final, final question. Um, Just before I do, though, yeah, I do think Cobb Vanth is going to take over the city. I think Cobb Vanth absolutely is going to be the new leader there, and that's going to allow Fennec and Boba to to say, "Okay, well, we didn't want to do this anyways, and bye." <laughs> it's like, okay, what was the point? Uh, but um, my final question: Do we get the Book of Boba Fett chapter two, or do we go into the Mandalorian season three and just or and and just have a Star Wars show?
1: Uh, maybe they treat it with the same manner. Like maybe we see Cobb Vanth show up you know in mando
0: season 3, three yeah and maybe yeah. we see
1: some of this story spill over into that right. very much how mandalorian spilled over I- into the book of boba fett um, i don't think he'll have as much focus though as they gave to mandalorian in the book of boba fett <laughs> like right. you know what i mean like uh, unless they do and then they are just really kind of leaning into this you know star wars adventures and friends kind of story
0: yeah,
2: maybe. Well, I just—I'm just trying to think. Like, I know at the end of season two, we got Boba Fett will return in the Book of Boba Fett. We got that official announcement at mm-hmm. the end of that show. Did we get any sort of indication at the end of shows that like, there was going to be season three of Mandalorian, or did that come in press releases and that sort of? That thing? was all. Yeah, that was okay. Press so, releases. The fact. So the fact it, that there wasn't Kennedy. a there yeah. will be a Book of Boba Fett two, kind of like there will be a Loki season right. two doesn't necessarily mean there won't be. Okay. I just wanted and to And it was
0: it was brought up in a in a litany of tweets over the past two episodes that Kathleen Kennedy did say in that that Disney press day um that yes, the the Mandalorian season 3 will start in The Book of Boba Fett. Or she said something to that degree. I'm not going to give you an exact quote here cuz I can't exactly remember it, but she most definitely said like the next chapter of the Mandalorian starts in The Book of Boba Fett. Something along right. those lines. And right. and so a lot of people are like, see, they told us. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I I just, at this point, I'm, 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 I'm done with that debate. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score um, for both the episode and the series, um, which, again, at this time is just the series. Um, we're going to be rating this episode on a scale of 1 to 5 Dead Crime Lords. And the series, we're going to rate on a scale of 1 to 5 FETs. So, Kevin,
2: go for it. Um, uh, You know, as much as I complained that there were issues that I had with this episode um, and that they largely reflected any issues I had with the overall series, I did think this was a really fun episode. We yes. did get our big crime lord battle on Tatooine that they were building up. And so at least some of the things that they started to build up in the first four episodes did sort of come to fruition here at the end. Um, and, and, while well, I had issues with the fact that these pike syndicate guys and these droids couldn't shoot people <laughs> running right in front of them. It just, that was so, and... If it happened once, it was fine. It happened for 25 straight minutes. So that really just took me out of any sense of, of dread or, or yeah. danger. You know, I always hate yeah. when shows do that. So I think that was yeah. a bit of a shortcoming on the show. They could have avoided showing that and in, in, in just, uh, I think, coordinating the sequences a bit better and, and coming up with more clever ways for the characters to have survived. That said, I do think it was a, a fairly fitting end to this part of the Boba Fett story. I'm not sure if anybody, you know everybody likes the direction they took the character, but it was a decision they made and And again, everything that they set up in the previous six episodes came to fruition here. Uh, and so as an episode, I think it it kind of matches the tone of the series. I'm gonna give this a four point one out of five dead crime lords. Again, they went big budget on it and and the special effects were great. Some of the action a little wonky. Some of it really, really terrific and super fan y So, again, a very hit or miss. As for the show, I am so just confused about how I feel about everything that just happened over the last seven weeks. I don't know if yeah. I really liked it. I don't know if I kind of hated it. I think I'm somewhere in between in that I like so much about what this episode does for other Star Wars. What yes. it did for Boba Fett was not a whole hell of a lot. I don't think the, the softening the character thing paid off by the end other than a one really cool moment with an old foe that people like me have no attachment to. So that big payoff moment wasn't even that spectacular because we only know knew the guy for 10 minutes of screen time. Right. Um, but I think what it does for the rest of Star Wars is show the potential that they have in telling stories with new and old characters going forward in a live-action setting. And so if this show did anything, it's it's that it got me more excited for Season 3 of Mandalorian and more excited for Ahsoka especially, because I think that's where we might get a lot of our Luke stuff. Um, Mm. And even more excited now at the potential for a Season 2 of Book of Boba Fett, because I think this is where we're going to see a couple badass bounty hunters go out and do some badass bounty hunting. And maybe right. not for a crime lord, maybe in the name of good, but I think we'll see them be a bit more independent and badass and not worrying about saving the townsfolk of a city that nobody gives a shit about. Um, so again, <laughs> right. I think the show does more for me, getting me excited moving forward in Star Wars than it did for a show that we were all anticipating, but kind of missed the mark in terms of expectations. So that said... I don't want to go too low here. I will give it uh, a three point eight out of five fets. Definitely okay. the weakest of the 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 live action shows on a whole, but still some of the best live action we've seen in the last twenty five years, in my opinion. From some of those episodes, particularly five and six.
0: Cool. Okay. That's yeah. I feel a lot of that for sure. Justin, mm-hmm. how about yourself?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, after spending two episodes in what can only be described as Star Wars and Friends, it was nice to get back to Boba <laughs> and just kind of wrap yeah. things up. Uh, this episode really does celebrate the sort of collaborative styles of of the directing trops of, of Robert Rodriguez and the writing style of, of Favreau, bringing the focus of this finale back to the themes that that were established with the character of Boba Fett in this, in this series. Um, the episode had some really nice tension to it. I love this sort of Game of Thrones style, betrayal, uh, you know, it just leading to to all hell breaking out in Mos Espa. Um, you know, seeing Boba and Mando use their jetpacks. So fucking badass. I love the visual of them as like cowboys very desperado and, and you know again rodriguez just continues using this this western trope while also interjecting a couple moments that felt like a monster movie with the rancor crashing through buildings and climbing a tower very king kong-esque i think one of you guys called that out um again though parts of this episode felt oddly paced and and albeit rushed uh, but what really elevates this episode though for me at least is just this uh sort of wrapping up at the theme of, of tribe and family, uh, you know, people you can call your own. And we've seen this sort of outlined since chapter one of the series uh, as, you know, Boba was on on a new path, um, you know, to kind of separate himself from the bounty hunter lifestyle of the Solidarity and the Lone Wolf. He, he started to realize what it meant to be a part of a community and to be a leader, uh, and that inspired a lot in him. And and while I've remarked that the Mando side story was unnecessary, and I still stand by that, it's clear that if there's anything to link these two stories together, it is this theme of togetherness, purpose, and having, uh, you know, a tribe that you can call family. Um, And I think that, in a way, Mando has found that with Boba as much as Boba has found that with them. Again. The episode puts Boba Fett back in the center. It delivers on the action and it wraps up some of these interesting character arcs that were established. So I'm going to give this episode uh, a 4.5 out of five crime Lords. Love the action in it. I thought they did a really great job with the CGI uh, really kind of hitting home this, the conclusion of this, this episode or the series rather. Um, But as for the series, Look, I, there have been remarks about this series you know, it, it, since it aired. It's it's slow burn, the, the back-to-bath flashbacks, you know, pacing issues, and wavering threats that really never added to anything. Uh, and while I agree with with all of those sentiments, i, I got to say I'm not hating on this series nearly as much as those that might be more casual Star Wars fans. Uh, I appreciate what Chapter 5 and Chapter 6 are, uh, Like Kevin was saying, bringing old and new together uh, and and filling in the blanks of of past events that we might not necessarily have seen before and after films. Um, But what I appreciate about this story is really in the first four episodes, it was the simplicity and the focus around one character and telling a new story about a new Boba Fett rooted in a relatable desire to want to belong and have purpose after such a lengthy time of being a killer and, and being on his own. The intent was to give more depth to Boba as a person rather than just being the silent bounty hunter and, and showcasing him as a man more outside of the armor uh, than in. And you know it, it kind of gives you a renewed identity on on the character. Uh, this was a, a bit of a redemption series for the character I think uh, and, and and while there are moments throughout the series, that support this. I I think the the most notable thing to take away is that there's still killer instincts to Boba Fett, which is, you know, at the end when we see him kill Cad Bane. Anyways, the series was great. A few missteps, uh the fast, slow pacing. I I I see that what they were trying to do with this series. So I I'm gonna give it a four out of five Fets, uh overall. Cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna be uh, a little bit of repeat here. I mean this this I'm torn on my thoughts uh, with the finale because it gave us it gave us so much, but not enough was unexpected, and so I think, like you said, Kevin, incredible live action Star Wars moments, and I was smiling and I was giggling, and Pelly Motto lost a tooth, and I just I had a good time with the episode, I really did, and I think they really pulled off an ending to this mishmash half of. Of of season of one show and two episodes of another, and and I'm I'm blown away by the fact that they actually managed to to really bring it together like that. Um, I I think they got back to Boba. It's it's Boba and Fennec centered episode, and and it brought it all together and gave us a little more context as to why we spent our last two episodes without him at all. But again, I just feel like they had they had this opportunity to give us that. That little extra push of understanding of what's next for these characters, and we didn't get that in the <laughs> slightest. Um, I thought that Peli Motto, again, shout out, she's awesome. Uh, the team up sequence was fantastic. Grogu is always a little delight, and I, I loved seeing the rancor and the CGI and the again a lot of those action moments and and the overall that Cad Bane showdown. Again, as much as I didn't so want good. it to happen, it was so good. Like I yeah. didn't want him to die, but yeah, it was so good the way he died Um, and I I just I I loved all that but there was some really clunky decision making uh, between the characters and I think the writing in the show and overall the show didn't exactly finish strong it just the episode kind of just finished yeah it just ended And, and, and so at the end of the day Um, decent Star Wars for big Star Wars fans like us is still really good Star Wars. So there's going to be a lot of people that are like, you're rating it too high. You're rating all of this too high. It's like, no, we're Star Wars fans. We're going to give it a little more than maybe it deserves. So I'm giving this episode four out of five dead crime lords. Now, for the series as a whole, I think at this point, seeing all these toys in the sandbox coming together and getting played with, just like you said, Kevin, it's gotten me over... The aspect of being of this being a Boba Fett show, uh, that's had to really, you know, it's had to split its focus with other parts of really great Star Wars, and I feel like looking back at it as a whole, its biggest issue, Justin, you said, is pacing, and it's also narrative balance. Um, I've come to, to terms with the decisions. Made to show additional characters of the Felony Verse, and that's really because of what this finale does. Honestly, um, I think overall the show spends way too much time in in certain moments, and then it really rushes other moments, and it just feels like why didn't why why couldn't we have taken that time and put it here? And it's 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 again, it's a little bit less of me being like a a, a whiny fan, I think, and just understanding how storytelling should be told in the Star Wars universe a little bit more, only because of how much great Star Wars storytelling we've gotten, uh, especially if you watch the expanded stuff in Clone Wars and Rebels and what have you. They they've done great Star Wars TV even before The Mandalorian, um, and I just I, I just feel like they had the opportunity to go really original with a crime story here, right, and different themes mm-hmm. than the traditional. And, and and beloved, like, we like the Old West stuff, but it's a little stale. And samurai stuff, it's a little stale at this point. So a crime lord thing just in my mind was so exciting, and we didn't touch it. Um, the, overall, the Book of Boba Fett's first four episodes, um, I'd say if that's all that we got, I would be really underwhelmed by what they did with this character. But these last three episodes, while they didn't give me much of a glimpse into the future of, of Star Wars narratively, like you said kevin they gave me a greater understanding of where dave filoni and john favreau are taking star wars and that's Mm -hmm. what gets me excited Mm -hmm. so for this show to kind of take the first step in that direction i think that deserves a heck of a ton of praise so i'm gonna give the book of boba fett a solid four out of five fets
2: nice yeah nice yeah i mean i think i think if if you know, based on how we sort of were a little hesitant and a little worried at the start of the show, to think that it it finished off with with scores in the the high threes, low fours, yeah. mid four, like I think that's pretty impressive. I think they did a good job of sort of rebounding and 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 wrapping things up in a way that was satisfying, even though the journey there was
1: very confusing very bumpy and and, yeah.
2: and a little strange and uh, still yeah. not quite sure. But yeah,
1: yeah, and I I love that you called out the narrative balance because I think. You know this is something I've been saying but and I've said I think to you guys offline but you know it would be really great if they started to look at these series and adopting more of like the BBC Sherlock style where it's like yeah. three episodes that are an hour and a half um, yeah. and and they're like little movies because these are already little movies and a lot of sure. these episodes could have been mashed together right like the episode 1 and 2 could have been one episode one episode, right? totally. and and mm-hmm. 3 & 4 could have been one episode right yeah um, and again I, I think that if they could explore how they're formatting these and how they're looking at it that might yield a better narrative balance rather than mm. trying to feel like where they you know as you pointed out they rush certain things and slow certain things down and it's just it's very imbalanced
0: so you're saying they almost need to to reinvent the way that they're looking at Star Wars TV as a whole, in the exactly. sense of 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 still giving us maybe Star Wars mini movies, or or like you said, like BBC style uh, lengthy episodes that are maybe uh, focused on specific characters for for a three episode arc, and then we move on to uh, maybe another sort of a separate and that's very arc. Clone and, and, Wars to, that's, that's very exactly Clone what I was Wars, gonna yeah. say you're described like that yeah. sounds to me like very Clone Wars very Rebels-esque while still keeping that main overall arc I think it is a good idea but yeah I honestly I don't have I don't I don't have the answer for it but I, I trust but why does it need to be what we've seen that but also yeah. what does
1: the series need to be seven episodes why couldn't it be three hour and 20 hour and a half episodes right. like just yeah. three of them Right. That just, again, allow for more narrative balance, allow you to kind of yeah. tell something. And then and because Sherlock operated on that shorter season, we're longer talking episodes. about a
2: different level of of writing when it went into the BBC Sherlock than we're getting in most any Star Wars we've ever gotten. I think there are but do levels we have to? of. I, I don't think we're ever going to see a, a, an Emmy really? nominated best writing episode of a Star Wars show. Just like we'll never see it in the movies. It's just not the formula that. that makes Star Wars work. We don't want these incredibly, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's it. You can you can be good without having to be that sort of level of
1: good. I'm just saying they can write movies. They can they can write movies these people, right? John yeah. has written movies. Robert Rodriguez has written movies. I think Filoni's written animated movies. Like it is yeah. possible to write Longer episodes that, that do feel a little bit more narratively balanced. I think that that's, that's what it's, it's really about. I
2: mean, that's one way to go with it. But I don't think that Mandalorian in the first two seasons suffered as much from that, from lacking oh, that. Oh, that
1: first season was rough. That second season was, was sure not they were. Good that, was that, that was the
2: first, first ever Star Wars show. They got to figure things out, right? <laughs> I got to give them a break. I think by season Kevin's two like... they did figure it out, and I think even here, even though yeah. they made d- weird character decisions more so than you know structuring shows. I think going forward they're going to learn and learn and learn. Like I I'll, yeah. I'll take two or three Star Wars shows a year, especially if we get a show where Luke builds his Jedi Academy and a young student shows up named Kylo. Like I want that sort of thing going forward and I I'd rather that than adding movies to the Skywalker legacy. I think you can play around a bit more with television.
0: Yeah, if we get a young Ben and Luke sort of narrative in live action would be really really neat. But um yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I love it's what you mentioned there, Kevin. It's got us talking about. It's got us yeah. talking about. Well, the fact did you guys
1: see what was dropped today? The what poster for Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. And the announcement date for May twenty fifth. So
0: May twenty fifth. So we've got we've got Kenobi this year, and and I I'm hearing a lot of people speculate that we're gonna get Mando in December. That we're gonna get Mando right at the tail That's end. That's about for season the time three. when we get it. Right. So right. I'm hoping I'm hoping. So, yeah, like you said, if we get even like if we get even two up uh, two Star Wars shows in the same year, let alone three, um, I think will be really impressive. And we'll have to wait and see when Andor uh, shows up and how that how that all works. I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued, very interested. That is it for this week's episode of Watch Club, and that is it for this Watch Club for The Book of Boba Fett. If you've been enjoying it, uh, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, I'm going to shoot first. but I'm going to miss I'm going to be one of those those (laughs) robots I'm going to totally miss you and our our resident uh, junkyard jawa Utini is going to tell
1: you how you can reach us (laughs) yeah they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or they can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or on instagram at wearegeekcentric
0: Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now. Um, the last thing that we reviewed was, it's a little bit older now, but I've, I've just, I literally had people call me up yesterday saying they just started watching it. Uh, and we did a review, both spoiler free and filled, uh, for Ozark season four, part one uh, on Netflix. So if you haven't quite watched it yet, you can listen to the first 10 minutes of that review and then you can cut out and come back once you've watched it. And boy, howdy, is that such a good show. Um, I think we'll get Star Wars like Ozark one day. I do. I really do. I uh, I, I would welcome just the strange mixture of
2: of these sci-fi worlds with Dude. lightsabers and. And Aaron Sorkin-esque writing, you know, that Dude, sort of let's thing. let's go.
0: Drugs, just a spice running, uh, you know, you got Cad Bane in there, and he, anyways, they could totally nail it. Um, we also have our This Week in Geek episodes every single week where we cover the latest news and trailers from around the Geekiverse. Uh, they're going to drop every Wednesday uh, with our latest episode where we discuss Netflix's 2022 hype reel uh, and news of a Goosebumps Ooh, live action series coming to Disney+. Plus. Justin, Kevin... Thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club, and as we say for the final time, don't Don't fret, fret. Boba Fett. Fett.